Welcome to the November edition of the YVH Podcast. My name is Jeff Thurlow. I'm Adam Sparlin. Adam, welcome back. Yeah, glad glad to be here. Uh, been uh, been been some more good old trying times in in uh, in pandemic world. <laughs> it, it never seems to end. I'll tell you, even from a weather standpoint, I'm waiting for the day it's it's supposed to cool off here in the four state area. Um, I think it was 75 the other day, and it's in the 60s today. And I'm kind of ready for some cool weather and sit around a, a fire for a little while. I hear you. We, uh, you know, we we pulled. Uh, we we got a our our AC system doesn't keep our win our bedroom very cool. I pulled the AC unit out, and uh, I'm regretting that decision. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's November, almost December. No, uh, weather's just been nuts this year. I mean, you got to think. Look at the hurricanes. Uh, how many hurricanes there've been? Um, heck, we had we had a tornado warning in Joplin this week. Yeah, I was, I was, I was sitting at our dinner table that night with the slider open, eating dinner with my, our family, and you could hear the faint, faint uh, cries from the siren, and quickly realized that it, that's what it was, in fact, and uh, it went on for about 20 minutes or so, and I'm like, man, I, it doesn't seem like it's supposed to be happening right now, but you never yeah. know. Yeah, wrong time of year for it, that's for sure. But um, you know, with that though. Uh, we may have been experiencing warmer weather than normal, but up north, the winter's already been smacking with some attitude, huh? Yeah, it's been it's been crazy all all for sure for a while now. So, you know, with that winter weather, be winter weather ready for our professional drivers and just I guess anybody in general that's doing any type of traveling. You know, you just want to you know make sure you got your car packed up with you know some type of warm gear um maybe a couple bags of salt or sand if if you need some traction at times and always like you know flashlight food water blankets uh extra window washer fluid you know there's a couple times when i was a, still a professional driver out there on the road that you get a lot of that salt and grime even though things might be melting and and different things like that you're getting a lot of that road spray off the road and it can muck up the windows pretty quick yeah, yeah. You don't want to start your day with only a quarter tank of washer fluid. You yeah. you want to make sure that sucker's topped off. Yeah, 10, 10, 10, 11 hours later, you're you'll be sorry that you didn't make sure you had some of that in the in the side box. Yep, yep, no doubt. And you know, uh, one thing is, I was reading one of the articles on this: a, a coat that works for both day and night. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that's something to to think about. Is a you know, there are some winter coats that are just for super super cold, but during the day when the sun's on you you know they make it too hot then you end up having the wrong coat so you know maybe be careful what you what you buy out there find the right thing you know yeah. uh, for me carhartt was always the deal but everybody's got their own preference you know yeah and i and i'm kind of built maybe a little bit different i don't like typically you know the the heavy heavy winter jackets you know they the carharts of the world make that extreme weather weather gear and i think that probably in a in a normal day it'd be too much for me but you never know like you said uh what you're going to run into especially as a professional driver and you always just want to have that tucked away somewhere in case you need it. Cause if, if you get a flat or something out on the side of the road and uh, Wyoming and it's, it's, you know, 10, 20 degrees, you're going to yeah. want that warm gear for a while. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to dive too much into all this. We've got a list there and what we are going to do for you instead of us sitting here and spending 10 minutes talking about this, cause Jeff, you know, uh, I, I think uh, we could cover a whole show. With Absolutely. Going over all of this information because it's it's important. It's very very important stuff. But 
know, the thing is, I think we've got a pretty exciting show coming up, and uh, I don't, I don't want to waste everybody's time going over this again. So, what I would almost recommend is we're putting a list up. What I what I did, I got the the list from CDLLife.com, uh, and we're going to reference that on our website at podcast.cfidrive.com, uh, and then we can also get that information on Workplace as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that, um, Adam, you got the chance to sit down and talk with a, a pretty cool guy and go over some pretty cool new information about about our trucks and specifically uh, transmissions, right? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we, we're we lucky enough that, that earlier this week I was able to sit down with Tony Ward. Uh, he's he's not our specific rep uh, from Eaton Fuller or, or Eaton. But uh, he he does he's he's a rep for the rest of the state of Missouri, and uh, he he agreed to sit down with us and and kind of talk over, you know, over the transmissions that we use as well as some other things as well. So, uh, had a good time with him. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a cool show. We always want to, you know, make sure we give a shout out to those folks that helped arrange that. And uh, I think Randy and Steve out in the maintenance department helped facilitate getting us getting us together with this guy, and always appreciate that because you know we always. You and I don't always have the, um, the I guess the customer base or the that that catalog of folks that we know that we can reach out and do this. But we always appreciate it when we when we get help from other departments like this. Yep, by all means, and you know, Randy and Steve, we we appreciate you guys. Appreciate your support and help. You know, for for what we do here with the podcast and and the support and help for our drivers. Yeah. Well, with that, we'll we'll get it wrapped up and and. You guys will hear up next, Adam and Adam, the guy from Eaton, talking about the transmissions. Welcome back, everybody. Adam here, and uh, just wanted to uh, welcome uh, our guest today. Today, I am I, honored to be joined by Tony Ward. He's a territory sales and service manager for Eaton. Is it Eaton or Eaton Fuller, Tony? It's Eaton, and uh, generally we go by the Road Ranger Marketing Group, so okay. most of the customers know us either way. Okay. Well, very cool. Well, well, welcome. Welcome to, to the show. Uh, we appreciate having you. We appreciate you being here with us. Thank, thanks for asking me. Happy to uh, provide any information I can. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, being that uh, this, being that as anybody's listening to this, it's Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving, Tony. Well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, you know, as we kind of get started here, what what we like to do, so 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 you know what we're doing here is is we want everybody that listens to our show to know who they're talking to. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, trucking is about the people that make it happen. And uh, so as we do that, I'd just like to know, how did you get your start in this industry? Well, in the mid to late 80s, I was employed by a towing company in St. Louis. And then early 90s, I went to work at a Kenworth dealership here in St. Louis. So I'm familiar with the Kenworth product and even back then, pretty familiar with, with CFI. And then as time went on, I had an opportunity to move to Eaton uh early 99 and i've had this job for just a little bit more than 21 years right now oh wow wow that's got a you've seen a lot of changes then i mean this this industry's changed a ton in that time frame yes and and you know i i i talk to service managers at dealers and and, and stuff and 
And I've, I've been the technician, I've been the midnight foreman, I've been the service manager. And so I've seen it, the whole thing from a different point of view. So your perspective does evolve over several years. So when I get a call about a problem, I kind of understand where they're at, so to speak. No, and that, you know, that that's great because the the one thing I've learned about this industry is the more you can know about it, the better grasp you have on it. And, you know, I, I myself, I'm one of the people I was lucky enough. I've trained as a mechanic. I never quite finished the training just because I had a little accident with a truck rolling on me and luckily Ooh. I'm alive. But, uh, you know, uh, but I've also driven the things and, and, you know, here I am, I dispatched for a while and, and now I work as a, a driver advocate here with CFI. So you know, kind of like you, I, I've had that mix and it, it gives you a really good understanding. It, it's, it's great to know that that's where you're coming from. Thank you. But, uh, you know, as we, uh, as we kind of dive into this, you know, I, I know Eaton makes a ton of different products and we have several on our tractors, but, uh, our drivers have always had a lot of concerns specifically with transmissions and, I'm sure you're probably aware as when it comes to drivers that kind of leans towards the automatic transmissions. <laughs> yes, correct. And so, you know, um, what, uh, if, if we can kind of shift and head that direction and talk on them, um, I think there's something important to, to, I don't know, maybe it's, it's hearsay, whatever, just rumors to dispel, and that's these automatic and these automated manuals, because um, a lot of drivers are so hesitant about the word automatic, probably because of the early days and how bad some of the early ones were. What really is that different? So, so a true automatic transmission would would have a torque converter and a and a valve body, and it would power shift, you know, like similar to. And, uh, you know, the, quite frankly, the Allison, that is a true automatic transmission. Okay, so ours is completely different. Okay, when we automated the 10-speed box way back in late 98, we hung, installed a series of devices on a mechanical box and tied our engine, our ECU to the engine ECU because those those two devices had to talk in order to make a shift at that time with the mechanic our mechanical our automated mechanical product we broke torque with the engine to make an upshift or downshift okay and so as as time has went on a, a lot of a lot of people drivers operators service technicians sometimes they jump in a truck and see two pedal two pedals and the assumption is it's an automatic but it's it's really not it's still an automated mechanical box even with the new endurant and we can talk about that a little bit later kind of the difference between what you guys run as a 10 speed with the smart advantage and then what the endurant is but that's the basic difference that the the, the torque converter and a valve body versus electronics to shift from from where i sit all right. Well, no, I, I appreciate that because, you know, I, I, I've had a fairly decent understanding with it. I did I did a lot of MPG work with CFI for a while, so I kind of got to know the difference, you know, pretty well. And my experience was with the manual version of the Eaton 10 speed. So that when right. I drove, that's what I had. And, uh, you know, love that transmission. It's very easy to shift. And, um, you know, the 
big thing for me was always just how really how smooth Eaton's transmissions were on 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 the manual side. Um, now the auto, I know CFIs run for a while and we do have a mix. Now we've got the 10 speeds and then we are starting to buy the 12 speeds. Right. And so we've got several of those on the road. I don't know the exact count, but there's several of them. Um, so, and we'll get, we'll get to those. Cause I, I think there's definitely some differences. And later, I think I've got some driver questions for you and they, okay. these drivers, some of them are in 10 speeds, some of them are in 12 speeds. So, okay. um, but, uh, you know, one thing that I know has always been a big deal for carriers and then especially if you think about drivers and driver finishers, you know, a concern for a trainer with a standard transmission is what is the student going to do to my clutch? And uh, so, so, and same thing for carriers our size, obviously, whenever you hire a wide range, you hire everything from students to drivers come to you with 20 years experience, you, you tend to go through clutches and things like that. It, kind of overall from an in- industry perspective, how has this shift to the automated transmissions as more and more carriers have adopted them how has how has that affected like clutch maintenance and things like that you've seen so with clutch maintenance uh, hopefully we all understand it's similar to a, a brake shoe it is a wearable item and if operated within the parameters it, it, it it'll last however even a two-pedal automated product you can you can uh uh, overuse the clutch, I'll say. And so with with nowadays with the software that recognizes certain things going on, it, it, it'll take the throttle away from the driver to to actually um, so he doesn't continue to overuse the clutch in maybe a difficult situation, right? And so with your 10-speed product and the clutch, the the it, it still involved a release bearing that had to be greased. And, and so that's that's an, always another part I talk about if you have what we call now the legacy product is you got to maintain that release bearing. And then the software will help the driver not to ruin, not to overuse the clutch. And so as we've moved on with the Endurant, that has no release bearing, okay? So there's there's nothing there to grease. There's no cross shafts. There's no release bearing. There's a sealed bearing on a pivot inside the bell housing where there there's there's no maintenance there. There's nothing to worry about there. And with software integration with our engine partners, that that protecting the clutch because we did move to an organic clutch with the Endurant. So protecting the clutch is still something we look at in the software in conjunction with with the engine engine reporting parameters too. Okay, yeah, I mean that's you know obviously uh, things like that are going to be important because it's maintenance on those things can get kind of kind of crazy in pricing after a while. Um, so knowing that knowing that there's fail safes in there to help protect it, that's good. And you know, uh, driver driver trainers, it's important knowledge to know that their transmission is going to be protected. Um, so general question for the manual side, and we've, we've run into this before, uh, and I still have drivers that ask about this cause they want to take over and use the, the manual side from just the mechanical standpoint. Is it safer on the transmission to always sequ- sequential shift or is it okay to do skip shifting in light load situations? It's, it's all dependent on the, the, 
the driver in a straight manual transmission, he 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 has to know, so to speak, skip shifting under a light load's fine. It's it's nothing you'd want to do under a heavy load, right? Nothing you'd want to do under a heavy load. Yeah. And with with an automated transmission, driving it in manual, it'll beep at you if you cannot make that shift you're trying to do. If you hit that button or lever two or three times trying to upshift on your own, it it won't let you. So the answer to that is a driver in a straight manual, he has to see all this stuff in front of him to know if he can go from second to fourth, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or 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 second to fifth. He he has to see that, but definitely bobtailing's fine. Light load, very light load. Even in the early days with the auto shift, we had it where they couldn't button pass fourth to get started. So that's kind of kind of has kind of evolved. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and then you're driving the automated transmission manual. Like I said, it, it's going to tell you if you can't make that shift. And with driving an automated transmission in drive, right, it'll skip shift when it can because we're looking at his throttle and his or her throttle intent with their foot right and we're looking at the torque reporting out of the engine and the road speed and so they look at all that as a, as the rpm climbs if they if that software between the engine and the transmission thinks it can shift a gear sh- shift and miss a gear then it will it will so there's no i've been asked over the years is there a defined parameter like if it gets to 1500 and or 1200 whatever will it shift and and the answer is no there's a combination of things that goes into that shift decision so it's it's trying to think about all those variables that that a driver would with you know with a manual yes. right yeah it's taking it you know information in from the outside to make a shift and that's that's basically what a a, a driver does with a manual stick how is it uh, how is it sensing all of that i mean i mean i know that the uh, and we we've got you know load scale or we've got uh, scales on our you know on our airbags and stuff so it can tell you know what type of air pressure is going into the into the back of the weight but what sensors what type of i guess what type of sensor array is the transmission using so there's there's a grade sensor in the transmission right so so we know what what the grade is all the time it's reporting that to the engine or to the transmission ECM. Okay. And then our, our strategies to shift are based on, on, on learning what's behind there, not necessarily what the truck weighs, right? Mm-hmm. What we, we know a fully loaded trailer truck and trailer legally is 80,000 pounds, right? So when, when the driver with an empty trailer backs up to the, dock and takes on his load that first that first or second shift sequence and i mean from from default start gear to high gear it learns what it takes to move that load back there right Mm -hmm. so at the end of a couple of shift sequences we are we know that the gross vehicle weights 80 pounds 80,000 pounds right and then with our software over the last few years there's a setting in there that helps narrow that learning curve for the software that's that's used to there used to be a parameter that wasn't there now you can put numbers in there you can put the empty truck and trailer weight 
in there and then you can put your loaded total loaded weight in there so it closes up that window where you don't have all these really uh, a lot of drivers used to say really rev really high to get going and then after i drove it a little bit it was fine so that's what we've done with the software so we understand what's back there right what's back mm -hmm. well, good i mean it's there's a lot there there's a lot for that thing to have to process you know and, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah and our, quite frankly our brochures used to say put it in d and drive but there's a lot <laughs> there behind the scenes <laughs> yeah you know and i i can tell you from from my experience and like i said with with my background with the mpg side and that's where i kind of dove into these transmissions a little bit and really did a lot of research into them and um i've seen that the fuel economy with an auto shift tends to be better um and, and i don't think and what i what i always try to tell a driver is i don't never take that as an insult um you know the difference is the auto shift does the exact same thing every time i know the manual 10 speed from my experience i was getting between depending on my load weight mm -hmm. i could run between seven and a half and eight and a half on a dedicated route so i was kind of lucky and i spent a lot of time with mm -hmm. i spent just as much time deadhead as i did loaded so you can't get much of a better mix than that but in general um have you seen an overall improvement with the auto shifts or is it similar to what you know just slowing down with a manual can accomplish or, or, or what's been the what's been the consensus and i guess stick to the 10 speed for right now because i've got some specific questions to the 12 speed later on on mpg okay. so, so if we if we stick to the 10 speed which is fine over the years fleets that have bought it and, and put it in service it, it will if a driver similar as you that's on a debt that was on a dedicated route and you knew your truck and you knew how to get good fuel mileage correct yeah i mean yeah. you did and and so probably probably the idea of the automated product is to improve the overall fleet average okay yeah. right you, you're you, you could get in an automated and maybe do better maybe not but that's the idea of automation is if you've got a guy getting seven and a half and you've got a guy getting five and a half that automation will bring that guy up a little bit right yeah and, and so it, it that's the idea of fuel economy in relation to automation okay well and that's you know and i can tell you i've seen that you know across across our fleet um you know the the it really did improve the the conversation in general about fuel economy and you know where you used to have to go over so many points and you had to talk about sequential shifting and and shifting at the right rpms and where your torque's at and all that it became more of a just don't put your foot in it <laughs> kind of talk exactly <laughs> and drive, so drive it like there's an egg on the throttle <laughs> yep yep and so um definitely have seen a lot there and I, I guess this is a great way the mpg is a great way to transition into the 12 speed because um whenever we first started looking at them i, I think it would have been oh a little bit earlier than this time last year uh they made the decision to go ahead and pick about pick up about 50 of them right um so that we could get an idea how they were going to work in the fleet before we just started buying all endurance transmissions and um uh, as I was talking to our vice president, Randy uh, Cornell, 
we kind of made the decision to, well, let's monitor their MPG while we're at it. So we, we kept a good record of those 50 trucks isolated from the fleet. Let's watch their miles per gallon. And uh, during that test, and don't get me wrong, it was, you know, obviously still in the break-in period of the truck um, and only a limited about three months worth of data and not all 50 came in at the same time. So, you know, not big mix there, but that test showed us about a half mile per gallon improvement over the rest of the fleet, you know, as the, as the standard. Well, then as we've gone into this year, I still have those same, the same ability to call those trucks in the miles per gallon, but now I can call all the 12 speeds. And what's blown me away is that as we've added to that fleet, and I think we probably tripled that size by now uh, of those transmissions and maybe a little more than that, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I have not seen any lower performance and they're mixed across our divisions. We have them in teams, we have them in solos, we've got them in dedicated, we've got some in regional. Um, is that standard? I mean, Eaton, Eaton didn't really sell up that this was going to be a big fuel economy improver, but man, it really has been. <laughs> well, as we've moved on from, from the smart advantage and, and you know, it's not all us, the, the, the Cummins engine folks have have worked a lot on this because of the, I mean, all the fleets want fuel economy. And yes, have we seen improvements across the board? Yes. Uh, for me to have a number, I would be saying something I wouldn't have any evidence on, right? Because every yeah. fleet's different. I think a half a mile to a mile to three quarters is probably a, a good pickup. The, and and there, like I said, there's several reasons for that. The, 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 the way that that 12 speed was a clean sheet of paper. Okay. Mm. It, there's nothing on that transmission that fits anything else we ever manufactured. Okay. Okay. And, and if you're familiar with the older 10 speeds and even the smart advantage you have, you know, it was a big deal when the back box went to helical gearing, right? That was a big deal. And then as we, and with the 10 speeds, smart advantage, that front box, was still straight cut gears, right? Yeah. And so with the with the 12 speed, the endurant, all that front box stuff is helical cut gearing now, which makes it shift more efficiently, right? Makes yeah. it it's smoother. Plus, we've done a lot more with oil, right? And, and so there's only 16 pints in there. There's a you know, it's down toward the bottom of it. You're not meshing that oil right or the gears through a bunch of oil anymore it's it's being taken there's a manifold on the back of that 12 speed box that puts that oil up where we want it right where we want it so that transmission yes it's more efficient commons engines got more efficient and with this industry thinking and i believe there's a a new epa mandate coming some new rules. Oh about yeah, the, I know there were, there were several that are coming yeah. out over the next several years. And and, and so we're, we're working with Cummins and our other engine partners because the RPMs are going to come down a little bit more the next go around with the EPA emissions yeah. regulations. So so having, having said all that, that's kind of how we become, it, it's it's just getting more efficient and working together and the software is all better now. I mean, it's all better. There's constant developments on that. I mean, they, we, 
people would like to see the trucks go down the road at idle speed at 65 mile an hour and they're they're getting there <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm you know i'm blown away and we've had uh you know we've had cummins on the show before and uh you know i'm blown away at the fact that you know they can produce you know 14 13 1400 pound feet of torque at 1100 rpm yeah yeah yes they're moving peak torque you know but many years ago peak torque was it 1200 rpm right yeah and now it's it's going to be down around a thousand i think in the new efficiency series that Cummins is coming out with the x15 so yeah yeah what they were telling us their next evolution they're actually aiming for 900. yeah and that's that seems really from where i've come from and and you too probably that that seems like a really unique number i'll just say it like that. It, it does you know to to think the well you know you got to think especially on a manual your your engine's lugging you know yes. and the autos you may not feel that quite as much but the you know because you're not you know quite as in tune with that shift since the truck's doing it for you but you know it uh different feel and you know i it would be very foreign to me <laughs> and i, I yeah, understand yeah, it the, would make too i understand the thought and the plight the drivers go through question just on the on that so a number i heard and i i don't know how accurate this is so maybe you can you can clarify it for me was that the 12 speed even though it added two gears was actually able to shave around 300 pounds off the weight of the, the 10 speed is that, that is, accurate that is roughly correct that endurant is uh aluminum case aluminum mm -hmm. mounting housing uh it it yes it's much lighter much lighter. I, I just wanted to, to ask you that because, I mean, it, that's neat. You know, you, you got to think, and especially in modern times, the DPF system is so heavy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so the front end of those trucks, it's very hard to get under your legal weight, stay under 12,000 pounds. And it's nice to see that, you know, other other elements of the truck are looking, or other other components that go into the trucks are looking at that and going, can we make things better? I think I'd like to ask a couple of questions from our drivers. So, okay. um, how we get these, so you, you're kind of where we have a, a social media platform that is completely in-house. So it's only our employees and some of our sister carriers. So transport America and MCT, you know, it's only their drivers and their office employees that are on this. So, um, I just went out to, and I, I targeted the CFI drivers said, Hey, we're going to talk to Eaton here in a couple weeks. And, you know, you got any questions? So uh, these these are I I wrote them in exactly the way that they set them. So if there's any grammar mistakes, understand that these guys are probably using voice to text. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so I understand. it uh, it'll come across that way. And I did go through and find out which transmission they had, so that way any questions that are specific, you you'll be able to reference that. Um, so the first one comes from uh, Dan Giardello. And he's in a 10 speed. And he said, I would like to know why the 10th gear is only 1100 to 1200 RPMs. Power seems like once it feels like uphill, it doesn't feel like no power. So in other words, once he's starting to head up, it feels like he doesn't have any power in that gear. And so by the time it starts to pull, it's had to downshift all the way to eighth. And in 10th, it seems to die off or, or, going to sit uphill with cruise on or without. So I think that's where some of that grammar on the, the voice to text mm -hmm. may not have come through very well. 
Um, so I, Dan, I'm sorry. I didn't understand the last part of that as clearly, but what do you think the, the 10th gear when, when going up a hill, um, how's it working with the, these new motors and their, their, their peak torque being at lower RPMs? Well, with, with his, his spec there, right? Of course, we mm -hmm. have to understand that the, this is an efficient package, right? We're, yeah. we're not going to run up that hill at 70 mile an hour anymore, right? So, yeah. so 10th gear and, 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 and so it's designed this whole package, our engine partners, OEMs, it, it kind of starts with, with where the engine manufacturer, in this case Cummins, wants that engine RPM in their preferred torque range, right? Uh -huh. okay. So everything else kind of falls into place after that. So when he gets to the hill and he says, he says he's, it goes down to eighth gear, a truck will just settle in, right? It, it, once yeah. you start up that hill, it'll settle in at us at because because of the grade sensor torque reporting a lot of information going on on there to get up that hill right to get up yeah. that hill so I, and i've had this question before from from other other customers and, and like i said it's designed that engine's designed to operate in a a torque band an rpm band at a certain road speed you know in op optimum but when he he gets down to eight and that thing's pulling up the hill it's really doing what it's supposed to yeah now, I, I can't quite make out the the rest of it he could be talking about smart coast okay because if he he comes up a gradual rolling hill and i use the example over just east of, of springfield missouri out toward the quarry there i've road tested a few trucks there and and when he talks about the it dies in almost every descent he, that could actually be the common smart coast putting that truck putting a transmission in neutral on that that actual rpm gauge will drop to idle speed okay. right if he's in yeah. cruise now neutral smart coast because it's cummins doesn't doesn't work unless you're in cruise. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so that could be what part of his second, the second part of that question. Yeah. And that's, and on that second part, that might be something, uh, Dan, that might be something we, we team you up with maintenance on as well. And the reason I say that is because I know that, uh, we, we do have the smart coast feature activated. Um, but then we also have some throttling on the trucks, I believe at about 70 miles an hour. So once the truck starts peaking close to 70, it should go back into gear the way I believe we're programmed, but maintenance can verify that for me. All right. Well, Tony, thanks for that. The, uh, the next, uh, question comes from Cameron, Bal uh, Cameron Balch, Balch, uh, Cameron, I'm sorry. I know we've talked on the phone several times, but I've never asked you for sure how to pronounce your last name. Uh, so, uh, Tony, he's in a 10 speed. Okay. And uh, his question, and, and part of this I know you'll, you'll have an automatic answer for, but the, the rest of it, uh, I'm really curious to know what you got on it. But uh, his first part is why is there not an update adjustment for the transmission, which we know there's been several. But um, what he's getting at is that he says second gear likes to, in my opinion, feel like it is charging up to launch while standing still. So I guess it holds in second for a while. Um, 
And then he has a follow-up and a second part or an additional question, really. And he says, would changing the gear ratio on the axle help with the lack of power? So, so when he says he's, he's charging up the launch from second gear while he's standing still, my, my question back would be to review a service activity report and see what the parameters are for, for, for drive, manual, low, and reverse in pertaining to blended pedal and urge to move. Okay. Okay. And, and so uh, uh, that, that when, when somebody asked me like that, with, with our automation, if those, some of those parameters aren't configured, then it'll it'll feel like he's about 50% throttle and then all of a sudden it launches. Okay. Okay. And, and so with blended pedal, and you're familiar with a manual transmission, it blended pedal is like two foot in your clutch and throttle with a manual 10 speed, right? Okay. As as you give a smart advantage if it's enabled blended pedal, if you give the you know, give it a little fuel, the clutch will gradually engage to provide a smooth launch. It doesn't feel like it's charging up and then, you know, taking off all of a sudden. All right. Yeah. And then and then I I opened I opened the door there for urge to move, which is a programmable feature that if you're in your trip the driver operator is in the truck and this feature is enabled, if he lets you know, releases the brakes, simply lets off the brake pedal, the truck will engage the clutch smoothly on its own. Okay. Okay. So that's like your car at the stoplight. You let off the brake with no throttle, it kind of inches forward, right? Yeah. Having said all that, I don't know because I don't know how your trucks are technically set up, right? Yeah. So, those are just things that I've learned over the last several several years that help mend some of these some of these concerns from from the drivers. Okay, now and I know we've got some different settings uh, arranged on there. Um, you know, you Cameron, for your specific question, it sounds like next time you're in Joplin, we may just want to hook your truck up to the computer mm-hmm. and, and get some information from it, see if we can get some answers for you. That so, that would be that would be the, and I know with the guys wanting to stay on the road and make money, we don't spend a lot of time in the shop, but thirty minutes could save a lot of questions later. Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, the second part of that, um, obviously, uh, Tony, I know you don't really have any control over how we spec our trucks, but um, you know, his just general question is, you know, does changing the gear ratio uh, help with the lack of power? So. So I would suspect that you guys have a 264 rear axle ratio. I'm not 100% certain what we have. I know we are geared for fuel economy. Okay, so that's that was the old that was kind of the rule of thumb when the Smart Advantage was released to the market. Cummins wanted that engine RPM for the you know maximum torque between a thousand and twelve fifty, I believe, and with that smart advantage box the way the ratios are in that the most common ratio was a 264 for the most efficient like you mentioned fuel you know maximum fuel economy right and Uh so with any with any engine any 
Cummins engine, car engine, if you if you increase that number numerically to say uh, 285, it's yeah, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna give you some more RPM and it's gonna it's gonna feel like you're you're you you've got more power. However, it moves you out of the recommended RPM range for fuel economy, right? Yeah. So yeah, changing the axle ratio, yeah, you could do that, but that's not that's not your guys' spec, right? That's not your guys' spec. Yeah, the goal the goal obviously being to to help the trucks all have the best fuel economy possible yes. out on the road. Yes, they, and that's that's yes, they and so yeah, so the answer to this question is yes, but that's not what you guys spec. Yeah, and I think that's become fairly standard. I mean, you know, you got to remember the prevalence of even 11R tires, for example, you know, 10, 15 years ago, and and now it's a pretty rare find. Correct. So, all right, well, Cameron, thank you for that. And the next question here is from John Leiniger. Uh, uh, Tony, he's also in a 10-speed. And uh, he said, is there any way to get the 2019 and 20 series, which would be the one he's in, to skip gears on its own while lightly loaded or bobtail to help acceleration performance, or are they only programmed for sequential shifting? Um, I think you kind of covered this earlier, didn't you? Yes, a little bit, yes. It, it based, on, based on John's throttle intent, uh, torque reporting out of the engine, and the road speed, it, it'll skip shift if it can. It, that's just how it works. I mean, you think about it like this, it's still an automated mechanical box, right? Mm -hmm. So you would have to put your put your thinking hat on and pretend if you could actually do it with a stick yourself, right? To make that skip shift. And if if you're going up a, you know, pretty good grade, you know you're not going to, right? So yeah. I, I would say that's it's just certain parameters will allow it and some won't. Okay. All right. Well, our next one comes from uh, Charles Mock. Now, this is our only 12-speed that rode in, so only driver in a 12-speed that rode in. So, uh, he said, 2020 model, why does the tranny become so slow to react while in cruise? Uh, going downhills, it kicks to neutral and takes forever to re-engage. So, our our partner Cummins with with the 12 speed endurance and uh, these are x15s i'm sure right yeah x15 efficiencies okay so so cummins cummins takes engine ecm because that's that's that that feature neutral coast that's that's the over that's the generic term cummins calls it smart coast so cummins controls that right and so if the cruise is on and I believe the grade is, the downhill grade is less than 4%. I can find out exactly. And let's see, no brake input, no throttle input. If it's in cruise, it, it may, you know, it may feel like it takes forever to re-engage, but it's most likely doing what it's supposed to. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. you're, you're going down a, down a hill and you kick it in neutral and, 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 you're you're looking at that hill, right? And, yeah. and you're you're seeing as a driver, an operator, you're seeing a little something different than that software, right? Because yeah. the great sensors involved, there's just a lot of inputs or information coming into the both of those ECMs because we're feeding the Cummins ECM information too to make that decision to go back into gear. So mm -hmm. 
what he's possibly thinking that it feels like it takes forever, it's just taking a little bit longer than what he feels like it should, right? Yeah. That's just, we had a couple other customers like that. And once that was kind of explained to them, we, that, that seemed to be okay. It seemed to solve the question. Yeah, but it, so it takes break, you know, break input as a calculation. And so if they start applying the brakes, it's going to go ahead and start looking to shift it back in. Yeah, it's going to go back into gear. If he, it, it, and it's, and it's, this, this smart coast is designed for gradual rolling hills, not mm-hmm. going down Mineola Hill over by yeah. Jeff City, right? Or Columbia. It's not, it's just a gentle rolling hill. Like I used the example of east of Springfield there, east of, uh, just east of Stratford there. There's a couple of places where you can demonstrate it and, it and it goes back in when it's supposed to. Okay. Well, thank you. And, uh, Charles, thank you for that. Obviously, if you, if it, if that doesn't answer your question, you know, let's, let's team you up with maintenance again and see if we can figure out what's going on there. Um, and, uh, all right, Tony, our last one comes from Jerry Pierre again in a 10 speed. And, uh, he is commenting on that backing thing. So he said that zero to zoom transmission demon <laughs> went backing up to a dock. I understand. Um, so after trying everything under the sun, the zero to zoom demon's still there, especially if it senses a slight incline. Now, I, I don't know a hundred percent what Jerry's done or if I know there's a, there's a, like a, almost like a, a granny mode or something like that. They can really put it in even slower. Uh, I don't know what all he's tried. Okay. So do we, when he says a dock, is he backing up to, I'll call it a level dock or is he backing up the hill or is he backing down in a decline dock? Yeah. He or is it specify, just all of them? Yeah. He didn't specify for us. He okay. just said dock. Okay. So just remember that the grade sensors in the ECU on the transmission, right? That's where the grade sensors at. And so if he says he's tried everything under the sun, I, I, I with where I'm sitting, I'd have to start from square one mm-hmm. to see, first of all, if it defaults to R1, okay? Because that's the lowest reverse gear internally, right? That's yeah. the lowest. You can't go, you can go to R2 if you want to back up really fast, but I, I never recommend anybody using that, yeah. okay? So it should default to R1. And then I would bring up the other features I talked about while ago is if he has blended pedal or urge to move programmed in reverse. Okay. And, and like I said, with blended pedal, it's gradually giving it throttle, gradually engages the clutch. Okay. Wouldn't make much difference on a decline dock because he'd probably just ease down there in yeah. maybe in neutral right he yeah, just gravity gravity's going to do the job yeah and so on a level dock that blended pedal it's going to be a smooth smooth going back and then backing up a incline dock that's going to help him go up there smooth too so that would be based on what he's saying there that's the only thing i can offer without actually you know having the truck in the shop and the maintenance guys looking and see what it's set Okay. Well, well, I think we can do that. Jerry, I'll, uh, 
I'll see if we can get maintenance to reach out to you soon. Um, you might even hear from them before you, before this podcast goes, goes live. So Adam, one other thing when I, when sometimes when I talk about that stuff and mm -hmm. they, they can recalibrate the grade sensor. Okay. That's okay. another thing. When I start talking about this blended pedal and stuff and incline docks and the, that to my recollection, that, that floor at the shop there in Joplin is pretty level, right? Yeah. Pretty level. Yeah. And so there's a there's a service routine where you use the service ranger software and and recalibrate the grade sensor. And so okay. when we start talking about doing some of those parameter changes, I always throw that in there. Okay. Well, well, thank you. And Jerry, I know that there there's a lot to digest there, but uh, you know I think uh, I think maybe once uh, it's up to you. We want to get through the holidays or whatever first. But whenever you're whenever you're ready, maybe we can bring you in the Joplin and get that taken care of for you. Tony, I appreciate you being here, man. I think that's about all I've got for you. All right. Well, thank you very much, Tony. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you being here and wish you, wish you again a happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving to you all and Merry Christmas. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for the November edition of the Your Voice is Heard podcast. Uh, you know, I, I think that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed spending that time with Tony and, uh, uh, if you guys have all gotten to know me, you know, I geek out a little bit when we talk, talk tech on some of these trucks. So, uh, it was, it was kind of neat to hear some of the information he had, and I hope we got some good answers and, uh, for, for, from some of our specific questions drivers asked, but I know if somebody's asking them, they're probably not the only driver experiencing that. So, so hopefully, uh, a lot of people got some answers out of this. Um, you know, as we close, just like any other, any other podcast, any other meeting, we, we open and we close with a safety message. And so, uh, right now, I just want to remind everybody to be safe out there with this coronavirus going on. So as of this morning, which I'm recording recording this for you on, on Friday the 20th, uh, as of this morning, there were 11.8 million cases in the United States and 252,000 of our fellow Americans have passed away that's been attributed to this virus. Worldwide, Guys, the numbers are 54.3 million cases and 1.3 million deaths. Um, what's going on is tragic. And so all we can ask you to do is whatever we can to try to stay safe and try to keep your brothers and sisters on the road, your families and our other people that are just all, all of us together working together to keep everybody safe. So remember, the CDC recommends wearing a mask over your mouth and nose staying six feet away from others and washing your hands for 20 seconds routinely. Um, you know, there's other recommendations. There'll be a link to the CDC's website on with the podcast site, please guys, let's do everything we can to stay safe out there and, uh, keep it, keep everybody out there with you safe. So thank you again. We will see you guys in December and have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.